Down the Road, a podcast presented by the band West of House. My name is Eric, and today we bring you episode four, where we will be talking about Denmark calling Strength in Numbers, a scathing political review of American politics. Recorded right before Election Day, it's easy to tell the tensions are running high. So join me, Lance, Tommy, and Kevin as we navigate this controversial song. All right, well, welcome back. This is episode four, and this time it's not just me, and not just Lance, and not just Tommy. So we'll start out. Hi, this is Eric. (laughs) Hey, Eric. This is Lance. This is Tommy. Hey, guys, this is Kevin. Oh, my gosh. You haven't heard of him since episode one, and he is back with us today. So as you guys know, we're going through the album, and today we'll be talking about song three. Denmark Calling, Strength in Numbers. But before we do that... What are you drinking tonight there, Eric? Well, tonight, I'll be drinking a triple IPA called Always Wishing Too Late from Institution Ale Company, our friends in Camarillo, California. With a triple, we know it's always a a little bit of a kick, so to speak. Made with the Mosaic Hops. As you all know, I'm sure, my favorite. Ooh. What is the percentage on that guy? The percentage on this guy is, let me look right now, uh, a a mere 10.3. Not bad. That's a solid triple. And I see on my uh, lovely Skype video, Kevin, you may have something in your hand. What do we got there? Uh, This is a dram of Templeton rye. Hmm. That's about it. You guys are so, like, professional drinkers. I love this. I'm just going with a good old Albertson Bot Bombay Sapphire mixed with some Fever Tree ginger, ginger beer. beer. And a, about three quarters of a nice lime from my good friend Dennis Equitz from Troy High School. Wow, well, we got a lot of, uh, lot of name dropping and shout outs today. And Tommy's drinking milk, as usual. <laughs> Room temperature. <laughs> well, you know. Well, I thought we'd call that highway tea. I don't know. but No one calls it that. We'll get to that in a different episode. (laughs) All right. So at this time of the episode, we'd like to give you, the listener, the chance to check the song out before we start talking about it. So we're going to give a little pause while you listen to Denmark Calling. Go for it. So Denmark Calling came from a little demo that was originally called Groove Force. It was written early in the crescendo of silent sessions, and then we tackled it as a band uh, what about June, gentlemen, if I recall correctly? I think eventually we Something like took that. a couple swings at it, I think. And the fun one, which we'll talk more about, is we're going to call this the song that almost killed the band. I could be joking. Maybe. <laughs> maybe not. You'll just have to listen a little more and find out. Now, Eric, at, at what time did uh, Denmark calling... Like, Are we, we going to talk about that now? Are we going to get in that later? Because I'm still not sure what even... The oh, the title. It, yeah, re- remind me later. Maybe after we play the song. Okay. And, and we'll see what we'll we say. Wrap around you know, there, later. there is a story there. I'm assuming. I hope so. That's why we're here. What a tease, by the way. Y- you like that? Yeah. Like I, I want to make, make sure people, you know, get through the whole 45, 60 minutes with us. Hopefully they won't be disappointed come the end. Of course. So going back, Groove Force. And uh, kind of came up with that name. Well, because the song grooved and horse. 
Mm-hmm. Why not? Everybody <laughs> loves horses. Who doesn't like horses? You show me a person that doesn't like horses, and I'll show you a person that cannot be trusted. It is a noble beast. <laughs> you, you see, listeners, fellow Westies, no one disagrees with me. And if you do, drop us a line on Facebook so we know to block you if you don't like horses. <laughs> so let's play a little, uh, little bit of the demo. We have the Groove Horse demo, back when it was still called that. And let's give a little listen to that now. So that's interesting. Now, the first thing you probably heard is that the demo, especially the intro, is completely different than the song that's on the album. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that intro? Uh, you've got a special name for that, don't you, Lance? I do. I mean, I know you. I think as a guitarist, Wales makes sense. But for me, I, <laughs> I call them Dilly Willies. They're very beautiful. And I'm not even sure who did them. <laughs> Uh, between Eric or Kevin those or are, whatnot, but um, those are my Dilly Willies. Nice... There, there's two of them. There, Eric. Well, okay. One in the left Very and one, one in the right. Yes. Ears, that is. Very sonically complex. Well, they they weren't really complex, but they Dilly Willies, whales. I call them whales. Kevin, do you have a name for them? I think Dilly Willies is uh, pretty much sums it up. I've I've been outvoted <laughs> two to one. No, no. Uh, I've got whales. Oh, okay. Yep. If we had Dave, we'd break the tie. Uh. <laughs> so, Dilly Willies, whales. Wh- Dilly whale- Willies? <laughs> I'm not even. <laughs> Dilly, wh- Dilly, Dilly, Dilly Willies. Dilly Willies. Free Willie. You Dilly. know what? This is a road yeah, we're just Willy. not going to go down because it's not going to end well. No. It'll end in yes, the well, ocean. It, the, there's the a nautical are. theme all no. over Denmark. <laughs> I also want to give props to our drummer because that intro with the double Dilly Willies. Yes, two it, Dilly Willies. His, his crashing <laughs> um, waves. You know, it's a good driving lead. But his his hi-hat work, again, I keep bringing this up. It's so tasteful, Tommy. Well, thank you, Lance. I appreciate it. So if you've listened to the song, once you get past the Dilly Willies, uh, the song is basically three very simple parts. Your verse, your chorus, and your bridge. And we've got some stems. We've talked about stems in earlier episodes. Those are those little, uh, little guitar parts that kind of put the songs together. So let's listen to a little bit of the verse. Here you go. All right, and now we have the chorus of Denmark Calling. Here's the stem for that. And finally, we have the bridge. Uh, It's a syncopated instrumental part, and it goes a little something like this. Thank you. 
And that's pretty much it. I mean, those three parts are the building block of the entire song. And so my part was relatively easy. Uh, the parts you hear on the demo are not the parts that made it to the final. I re-recorded all those. It didn't come out quite as nice as I wanted on the demo. So I laid down my final, and the song's going really well. And I think next, we threw in bass. Right, Lance? Yeah, so I came in pretty quickly after whatever song we finished prior. And um, as opposed to the first two songs on our album, which had a little bit more of a unique bass line, you know, this was such a great rocker with such a bitchin' guitar groove, hence the horse that grooved so hard. Um, I, I, you know, to, I just way had to bring to, it back, Lance. Way to bring I it back. I try to. I just had to lay down a nice bed of low end to support the rocking song that have, that you know that was above me. So for me, you know, this song, I didn't have to create a distinct sound or anything in the verse or chorus or bridge um, in all three of those parts. So I, I think I just tried to find a way to add a little flavor in the pockets between those sections, but. You know, it, for me, I was just supporting this groove because it kind of had its own voice, and man, is it a good one. And it's a great groove. You guys, uh, you guys heard that under, under while Lance was talking. You can kind of hear uh, the mindset he got into to really embrace the horse and bring it home. See, Groove Horse worked. We should have just left that name there. It yeah, works. Back to that title. Why did you change it? I don't know. I, this I, I shouldn't have. On the deluxe <laughs> version of the album, we might go back to Groove Horse, Strengthen nice. Herds. Wow. That would, wow, deep. my dad jokes are bad today. <laughs> they are worse than Tommy's. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, yeah, and just like the happiness you hear before you, this is how we felt after the song. Guitars are down, bass is down, the groove is coming along really well. And then we get to drums. Yeah, if this is three simple parts, why did it not seem that way when we were tracking it? Tell us what happened, Tommy. Walk us through it. I would like to forget what happened. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we talked in previous episodes about the challenges of recording separately. And one of them is when the songwriter gives you a song and you cannot, for the life of you, figure out the groove that the songwriter wants. I don't know how many different things I tried before we finally nailed it, but it was a few, and then we took a break, and I think we actually recorded another song, and then I went back to Groove Horse and finally got something that uh, was pleasing to the ear of the songwriter who happens to be on with us today. Would you be referring to me? Am, am <laughs> I the difficult songwriter that keeps coming up in these conversations? I don't think I said difficult. No, it, it, it was implied. It was in your tone. Your Skype tone, I, I heard difficult written all over it. No, no it's a great song, and, and there's so many ways I could have gone in different directions, so that was the only thing. Um, that's actually one of my favorite things about drumming with you is that you give me a lot of opportunities to play different things. And... You know, sometimes we're just not on the same page in the beginning, and that was this time. But we got there, and it turned out amazing. Well, I think uh, a lot of it has to do with, you know, I don't play drums. It, it's one of the few instruments I, I cannot play. My hands and feet cannot do things independently, so I don't know how you do it. It's black magic of the highest sort. You have clearly sold your soul <laughs> to probably not the devil, but one of the lesser demons uh, to be able to pull that off. <laughs> But with that, you know, I do put down these 
very, you know, intricate demo drums on all the demos that we do. Uh, I, I joke when I say intricate, they're ridiculous. I basically put them down just to keep time. But the demo to this one, it, it had a kick drum thing that I really enjoyed. And it was a, a one and a and three. And it, for some reason, it went with the groove that I was playing. And that's, I think, where the drums started to fall apart and get a little weird. Because you would send me things and, and that original, you know, uh, kick drum wasn't there. And somehow my head wanted to hear it, even though you were doing all these amazing things. But we got there, and what you have is, I mean, it's perfect. Absolutely perfect for the song. Well, thank you. I really did some great uh, things on the song, not to toot my own horn, but the beginning part with the whales and the guitar, I've got little hi-hat stuff going and actually some double-stroke rolls on the ride cymbal, which you don't hear a lot because it's kind of hard to reach it with both hands, but it worked out and kind of gives... I'm sorry, did you just so, say double stroke rolls? I did. Okay, I just wanted to make sure our listeners heard that. Go on, Tommy. They they did. And, but the hi-hat kind of adds some, you know, uh, ocean-y feel, like waves and, you know, swells to go with the whales. I'm seeing our, our calling boards are lighting up right now. And <laughs> I, th- I think people want to know, what is a double stroke roll? A double stroke roll? That is when you throw your stick down, and instead of hitting something once, you hit it twice. So that's where you get, like, roll sounds from the drum part. Can, can we edit in one of those? Can we? I will demonstrate double-stroke roll uh, right now. And that's appropriate for all audiences, right, Tommy? Just making sure. It is. This okay, is good. G-rated. In fact, this is something that beginners learn. Beginner drummers learn double-stroke roll. So there you go. There's your double stroke roll. That is very educational. I feel like uh, we're all better people having learned this today. Yeah, well, thank you. Well, a side note, when COVID started in April, I did a rudiment a day for, oh, what is it? 40 rudiments. So 40 days straight, I did a rudiment a day and a double stroke roll is one of them. So if you go onto Facebook and you search for hashtag 40 days of rudiments, you will find 40 days of rudiments that I teach every rudiment and I play it and I talk about it. So as if you don't have enough to do now, listeners, to listen to our season one podcast, you can go check out Facebook, 40 days of rudiments. So one a day, was this your way to try to be like Jesus in the desert? Is this, is this what oh, he did? Is no. this why he went to the desert to do no, 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 one no. rudiment I have a, a feeling, day? <laughs> I have a feeling that he was much more... Actually, he probably did a lot more than a rudiment in the desert. I sure hope so. Yeah, because there's no book about me yet. Well, there is. <laughs> it's, it's just not in that Bible. Oh, it's the last one, right? Kevin, you're talking too much, man. I like rutabag. Kevin, you have anything to <laughs> uh, say about the drums or the bass? Anything? No, I think they fit perfectly. Uh, Lance, you put down a, a great bass. <laughs> a great groove uh, for us to follow, especially me playing through uh, Eric's electronic drums. Um, with the, with the addition of your bass, it really makes it a lot easier to record. Before Tommy, of course. Okay, so 
you know, we had our issues with guitars and, you know, we were hoping it was a little tough, but we got past it. So we were kind of hoping that was it. So Eric, real quick, how long did the drums back and forth take? Cause I, I feel like that's where the initial glitch was. And I don't know how many takes or weeks that took before the guitars laid in, but. You know, that's a good question. We kind of glossed over it, but I think Tommy and I may have been going back and forth for, what do you think, Tommy, two weeks? Yeah, I would say so, which to give the audience an idea, usually we could get it done in a day. Yeah. So Yeah, we usually hit these things pretty hard. It was just, you know, for whatever reason. And really, if us not clicking on a drum par for two weeks, if that's the worst thing that ever happens to us as a band, we're still doing really well. I think it was for us, this was like musically the first really big difficulty we came up against. So that's why maybe it turned into something bigger than it was. But it was about two weeks back and forth. And I remember when Tommy sent his final track, I was, I was kicking on my couch watching, who knows, some show with dragons or zombies or zombie dragons. Hockey. And maybe hot or hockey which also has some zombie dragons in it. Definitely. You know, if you're, if you're playing the Bruins. Or Kraken. Who suck. Sorry, Boston listeners. Uh, and Tommy sent me a track, and I was maybe two beers deep, and I listened to it and sent him a nice, colorful text message telling him how wonderful it was. <laughs> it, it was a glorious time for all of us, and we rejoiced. Yeah, well, the, the thing with this song on the drums was not only the beat, but also the fills. There are a lot of pretty intricate crazy fills and trying to find room to put those in because I wanted to and you wanted to me to you were asking for some some more detailed fills and working those in at the same time was so there was like okay this groove doesn't work but I like that fill or or yeah this fill works but this one doesn't work and and I was so everything that you heard I had already done four or five takes on my end trying to find something that I thought worked Cause I didn't give you everything. Like I would record something out, doesn't work. And I'd try something else and that didn't work. And eventually when I gave you something, if you said it didn't work, that's like my fifth time. And I'm like, ah, now what? So yeah, it was a, uh, it was a bugger for sure on the drums, but uh, it turned out to be my favorite song uh, that I did drum wise. Labor of love. Indeed. Well, that, ra- that raises a good point. You know, you say this is your favorite song drum wise you know, for West of House. So then I'll throw that question to Lance. Lance, what is your favorite song bass-wise for West <laughs> of House? No. <laughs> Did you say drum-wise? No, bass-wise. No, no one cares wise. what you think about the drums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, this is like asking a father to choose which child they like the best. And it's a dangerous question because, you know, what are you actually going to come up with? But I... If I had to make a choice, I would probably just say the way it turned out, not not knowing what it would become in the end, which is Carry Your Dreams. Um, you know, it's just one of those songs where I heard your line, and I think we've addressed this maybe in the last episode, I can't remember, but what I heard in my head was, you know, natural to me, and then when you heard it, it was like, oh my God, this changed the whole song, and then from there, the song just kind of took a turn, and I I just enjoy that. It was a fun story, not knowing what was going to happen, but I'm thinking I was just doing a normal little line and magic happens later. That's good. It's a good answer. Good story. Thank you for that, Lance. (laughs) You're welcome, Eric Beeger. (laughs) And you know, Kevin, 
I'm going to ask you the same. Guitar-wise, your guitar, what is your favorite song off Crescendo of Silence, and why? I think the recording of Fallen that we did um, is near and dear to me just because we did it in one sitting, and we were able to do it together. Um, and musically, I think it is something that's directly in my wheelhouse. Um, something not too complex, but that has a good melodic soundscape. Um, yeah, I mean that that song through and through. I think it still resonates with me today as as my favorite track. Well, I have to add to that one because I'm sure Eric will address it when we'll get to that episode eventually, but. That closing solo still might be my favorite in the whole album. <laughs> it just freaking shreds. And I think I petitioned it to be an intro solo. And like, how can we sprinkle that as much as possible? And, and Eric wisely, as you know, the fatherly sonic artist he is, said, no, we want to you know, end with that type of explosion and, and really treat our listeners to something at the end and kind of reveal that song. So I was a little disappointed, but it makes sense in the end. It's still such a badass solo, Kevin. Yeah, that solo is going to come up a lot. I mean, you heard us talk about it in the episode for yesterday's, and you'll definitely hear more about it in the episode for Fallen. And again, that was a very special part of the recording of this album because it's one of the very few things where two of us were together in person when we recorded it. This was pre-lockdown. I remember you came over, we were kicking it in the garage, and I think we were going out that night for a friend's birthday. No, your birthday, wasn't it? No, it was uh, Scott's Scott's birthday. Nah, someone's birthday. Someone. Happy birthday to, <laughs> to Scott and whoever's out there. But we, I mean, you nailed it. You just absolutely nailed it. You're great, Kevin. I mean, you, you helped me along with the, uh, the ending solo, too, because I kept overplaying. I didn't know when to stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it worked. I think that's just a testament to our uh, our working relationship and the teamwork within this band. And really, no thanks to Tommy whatsoever. Wow. No. That's true. <laughs> I, I probably would have said play more. Like that, <laughs> I bet you would have. Tommy's mantra. All right. So, so while we're on the topic of guitars, let's talk about your guitar, Kevin. You were next. Sure, man. T- tell us about this wonderful, easy process of laying down guitars to Denmark Calling. <laughs> it's so easy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just, I played that intro, must have been a thousand times, uh, trying to get that, that solo. I felt like I heard something in my head that needed to be a little faster, a little shreddy, um, something completely out of, out of my comfort zone. Um, yeah, I, I mean, that took me maybe probably a week <laughs> just playing through that on its own. Um, other than that, like little nuances uh, of your recordings too, like, uh, in the chorus, I think it is, um, you had this really fast, uh, chord change. And at first listening through that, I didn't hear it. I think Lance, you... I think we all may have missed that that chord change actually to begin with. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I remember that. It's, it's like an <laughs> we all did kind of like. I don't even play chords <laughs> and I missed it. So that was cool. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Recording. I don't know what was going on. Like the uh, the BPM wasn't matching up with my my DAW, and I was sending you tracks that were just like 
completely off, like one one tiny beat or or whatever. I don't even know. It was the Gremlins. We had a big Gremlin problem during this track because I remember we both had the same BPM for Denmark. I don't recall what it is right now. Tommy can probably look it up while we're talking. Uh, but yeah, you'd send me tracks which which were fine, but they they'd be off and it wasn't something you did and I couldn't figure it out cuz I am no Ableton master. I kind of take all these tracks and put them together and try to form a semblance of a demo. Yeah. But the little gremlins in the system were messing things up and we were getting frustrated and I mean at this time, you know, a- after these guitar parts, we actually killed the song. You know, that's something listeners you probably don't know, but Denmark died. I reached a point where I was so frustrated with it, and it wasn't with anyone's playing. It was just, it wasn't coming together. Things weren't working, parts weren't clicking, I thought the song was terrible, and we killed it. <laughs> it's just a Well, specifically, I think you killed it. It's true. Yeah. I, I, I killed it. I, I will take responsibility for killing Denmark Calling. But I think the rest of us were like, all right, whatever. We're all pretty easy going, and we, you know, to have a brilliant you know, lyricist and kind of band leader, there's got to be a, a, just the right amount of diva. And obviously Eric <laughs> just kind of lost his wits about it. But that's why he's brilliant, because he's passionate and um, the three of us are pretty mellow dudes. So we were like, okay, we'll move on to the next. And thankfully, well, it's probably, we came back to it. Yeah, it's, it's probably because I was getting frustrated when I'd upload a take. I'm like, drums, take 875. <laughs> and it's probably like, okay, I get it. We need to... Take a break. <laughs> it 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 didn't only felt like it. Well, Lance speaks truth. I I do but... have a little emotional side to me. I think that comes with being a lyricist and a singer. And I think well, honestly, we had another song waiting in the wings too, and we moved on to chasing after memories, which we'll talk about in the next episode. And that was recorded probably more quickly than any song that we recorded and because that one went so well uh my love for Denmark came back not just the country which I do love but also the song <laughs> i remember the middle of chasing after but memories it was groove horse. i uh, something to do with the guitar i moved something kevin did somewhere else maybe in the middle i think uh was your middle solo initially the end solo or was that always the end solo mm. That I think Dave was the one that wrote the end solo. Um, I, I can't remember exactly where where the middle solo was, but I think it was. Well, it's probably maybe, it's probably still in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you were the first solo, Kevin. I remember. Oh, and, and to, to kind of, I mean, you said it really quickly, and we didn't really go into it. Your two solos, the intro solo right after the the Dilly Willies. And your middle solo are freaking amazing. I mean, the amount of shred and just the cleanliness of the picking as a guitarist myself, I can really appreciate it. Uh, they're fantastic. And they completely fit the song, especially that shred to, int- to introduce the song. Yeah, I totally agree. The, uh, there, and there's a lot of passion in there, and I can feel that part. And it just, you know, the, that... Uh, we have the the willy dillies or whatever. Damn it, they are, Tommy! It's dilly willies. Dilly willy. You're straight. just confusing people at this willies. point, and that's we're we are down three points in the ratings. <laughs> oh well, you know I'll bring Drivers. it back with my clever playing. 
but we come out of the the build up into that like you say the intro part there and that guitar is just right in your face and there's passion and feeling and i'm like yeah you know i can't get enough of that even though at one point i couldn't stand to hear it one more time but i'm good now that we finished the song one <laughs> for people who don't record they'll never understand well this. and you have that shred solo in the intro and then when you do the middle one you start out and you practice such restraint you've got an additional eight bars there to go crazy over and you just start out by kind of doubling these accents that are in that bridge instead of just noodling and going full you know full trogdor on it and you do these accents and it builds up. You can tell something's different. And then you hit that, that middle point, right? When I do the little uh, Freddie, Freddie Mercury homage, which we'll talk a little bit about later. And you end that first instrumental section, uh, which is a really cool lick that, that builds up perfectly. And you also, you bring up Dave. So Dave was, was an inter- interesting part. Now, when we recorded this, Dave wasn't an official member of West of House. Was this his first song he contributed? No, Moving Shadows was the first. And we'll talk about that in two more episodes. So he had done Moving Shadows because he had helped me with the demo on that, I think, in 2015, because that's our oldest song. But on this one... But Eric, had we even included Moving Shadows at this point? Because that was added, you know, in the project, I thought, a little later, but I can't remember. Well, uh, Moving Shadows was right before Denmark. Okay. Right I before remember the timeline there. So, so Dave, Dave had some knowledge of kind of what was going on, and uh, both Kevin and I, unbeknownst to the listeners, but we'll tell you now, both Kevin and I had outro solos for this song, and Kevin was having Gremlins, and mine just plain didn't fit. It was we talked a little bit about in an earlier episode. I think it was Carry Your Dreams about our different guitar styles. Uh, you know, Kevin's got this knack for atmosphere and melody and can pull the shred out of his back pocket. And Dave's very technical. And me, because I suck, the only thing that I can focus on is melody. <laughs> and that's why you ha- it's perfect for Carry Your Dreams. It's a gr- I can play great for a song like that. Well, I tried it for Denmark Calling. And I think I sent it, I think I sent it to Lance initially. And my text was, this doesn't fit, does it? <laughs> <laughs> Well, good thing we got three guitar players in the band. Well, yeah, it worked out well. We, we turned it over to Dave, and his solo is great. It's, it's the perfect solo for that song. You know, I think, uh, well, Kevin had just written two amazing solos. And if you don't know this, if you're not a guitarist, it is not easy writing guitar solos. It's easier coming up with vocal melodies, for sure. But to write a guitar solo, it's... I don't know. How would you explain it, Kevin? What's your thought process when you're writing a solo? Yeah, just repetition, <laughs> just constant, just beating that that melody into your head, and and just trying to to make it perfect. I think the per- perfectionist side of me just kind of won't let me stop until like I hear it perfectly inside my head. Do, as it is inside my head. Do you hear it in your head first and then write it, or do you just start noodling and it comes out that way? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I think the the melody progresses as as I replay it. Uh, so I'll hear like a bass melody in my head, and then uh, as it just keeps going, and then I'll add a note here or there and see what works. 
Kevin, does does the verse or chorus lines affect or change how you make decisions on that melody? I mean, I, being a bass player, I'm just kind of wondering if that impacts some of the decisions you make or what complements what. To a point, yeah, I think. Um, I don't want it to be something that conflicts with any other parts, obviously. Um, and I don't want to be something that's too outstanding <laughs> i guess <laughs> well you are outstanding Kevin. Yeah. whether you like it or not you're outstanding <laughs> oh, geez. So let me ask you this kevin uh as a drummer i hear the scratch track and i'm hearing stuff in my head and like oh this sounds great and i record it and i play back and it doesn't sound great and that is so frustrating it happens a lot does that happen with you i mean when you're thinking of something mm-hmm. Do you hear it in your head? Do you like have the whole thing down in your head and you track it and then you play back and you're like, man, that doesn't really work. Or, or does it not work out that way yeah. for a guitar no, player? I must have had like tons of, of different versions of that, just that intro solo alone. Um, I, was, it, I thought it sounded great. And then I would listen to it with the context of the song and I'd be like, no, this sounds terrible. Like, why, why would I even play something like that? And then, I don't know, just kind of bringing it to completion and then listening to it and then realizing that it sucks. <laughs> so you're starting all over. But, you know, sometimes uh, it's, it's those crappy takes that I think lead to inspiration. Uh, very rarely, and I think most musicians can relate, very rarely do you hit record and put something down and it's done. I mean, if you're Lance, sure, one take. And it's always, you know, transcendent. But for hey, the rest of there. us, for the rest of us mortals. <laughs> I only did that once. Doesn't matter. You've done it once. <laughs> for the rest of us, it's trial and error. The amazing thing about music, I think, are the, the parts that you guys out there don't hear. That you don't, and, you know, we've got stems. And maybe we'll play some for other songs. We've got stuff. Well, we did yesterday's episode. You know, like the amazing organ part Kevin laid down. It's great, but it didn't fit. And there's a lot of that going on in the creation process. I think it's part of what makes it so fun. And sometimes you'll make an amazing mistake that will end up becoming a critical part of that song, which is really cool when that happens. It's few and far between. I mean, it happens more for me just because I make more mistakes. (laughs) There's actually uh, a happy mistake in Voyeur 6 Symphony that I will talk about when we get well, to that episode. Well, uh, make a note for yourself. I want to hear about your mistake, the one, especially one that I didn't catch. <laughs> well, it's, that's why it, it's not really a mistake. I didn't mean to do it. What did we, what did we talk out. about in earlier episodes? There are no mistakes in music. It's true. Okay, so, Bob Ross. so Dave, he nails this outro. He does it. And then we get to the postlude as I like to call it, the trippiness that I'm sorry if you have vertigo, like my bride mentioned after she heard the song for the first time. She got to the end and said, thank you, you've triggered my vertigo. You've got that panning thing going back and forth. And, you know, it's, it's twofold, the reason why we threw that in. The first reason is to cleanse your palate. So we know coming up track four, you know, something that we learned in the 80s, you put your best slow song in the track four position. And we did that. 
with Chasing After Memories. So coming right out of Denmark, if it's hard and heavy and Dave's ripping the solo and it's right in your face, and then we go into, you know, clean guitar and cellos, well, that's going to be an abrupt change. But you throw in something else, you know, the little wow, 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 wow. That was pretty good. It's a good interpretation there. Very impressed. Yeah. You, you put that in, <laughs> that and identical. I like to call it, it, it's the ginger of the song. You know, the ginger that they give you at the sushi bar, you know, before you try a new roll. So you can so not a redhead. Yes, yeah, so you can okay. cleanse your palate. Make sure. It's very important. <laughs> not the redheads. No. Yeah. No, I'm, okay. I'm not making fun of redheads. No, Those, gingers are great. Yeah, it cleanses the palate. Well, not the ginger yeah. people. <laughs> well, I enjoy ginger people. Well, um, who, yeah, no, who I doesn't? agree. It's, it's very, it's very classic rock too. You know, that was a big thing. I think in the late sixties and early seventies that they kind of did that panning back and forth. Um, so I thought it was a really cool ad. And I, I do remember when you first laid that down, you sent it to me, maybe just me, maybe it was a file you put on Google Drive, but you had texted me and said, hey, what is that? What do you think that is? And I've, I'm like, I have no idea. It just sounds, sounds like this trippy little, like you said, wow, wow, like this little, like, I don't know, wow, produced wow, little wow. sound with all of your dilly-willy, you know, things you got on Ableton, but... You're like, no, it's actually something, and I, I was fully stumped. Well, so your little phantom solo is, is what I like to call it. As you answered my question, you're like, that was my solo I played. It didn't fit, so I had to find a way to slat it in there. That's right. So, so my solo that did not work. I, I love that solo. It was the little solo that could. And <laughs> rather than waste it, I figured, well, you know what? I'm going to put it in Denmark calling anyways. So if you listen very closely. Under that outro part, you can hear a guitar. And you know what? I'll, I'll make it easy for you. I'm going to play just my solo part, just the guitar stem right now. Okay, now with that in your head, when we play the song later with that outro, listen. It's a little hard to hear because it still doesn't fit the song, but it's there. It was an extreme egotistical maneuver. I could not let it go. It was too precious to me. So it's... <laughs> it, labor of love. Yes, it, it lives on in the shadows. Yeah, it's funny. When you told me it was your solo, I had this vision kind of like what I was told growing up as a child listening to Zeppelin and the Beatles. And I thought of, oh my God, did you like flip it around? I'm thinking like playing it backwards. You hear these legends of Stairway to Heaven where there's some like satanic message or the Beatles, I think it was Strawberry Fields Forever, where it's supposedly you play it backwards on vinyl. It says Paul is dead. So I don't know what you were doing because you've got some cryptic ideas in your head too, Eric. Well, I, I think I should probably come clean and level with you if you play Denmark Calling backwards. <laughs> it does say, I'm hungry for a sandwich. <laughs> I thought Tommy was dead, but okay. 
Oh, shut that, up, Tommy. That's, that was the uh, line. Chase after race. You play it backwards. That's true. <laughs> all right. So, you know, after that, after all the trouble, not the trouble because it made it better, of, of the drums and these solos, vocals were cake. The vocals for this song were really easy. Uh, I had a demo version. I stuck to it when I redid the finals. And, you know, we'll kind of talk about the vocals along with the lyrics. Uh, yeah, I added some harmonies to fatten a few things up. And there's some homages in this. And we'll play, we'll play those now just because those are kind of fun. So the first homage is at one minute, eight seconds. And I do uh, kind of a high, I'll use my music theory terms, a glissando, if you will. Going from an extremely low note to an extremely high note. And is that an official technical term? That is there? an official technical term, glissando. I have that a classical background. Else. I don't have classical talent, just the background. So I faked my way through it. And does anyone know what the, who that first homage is to? Anyone? Mm. Is it Prince? Most of us don't even know, you know what the title Prince, of the song means. So we're not even getting to really the deep. title of the song, Tommy. You know what? Your, your interruptions are not appreciated. And you complain I don't talk too much. I complain you don't talk too much. That's like a double nate. Now nah, that's going to hurt my head to even think about. Uh, you know, know, Kevin, you're close. You're close. To, there is some prints there, maybe. It's actually an homage to Robert Smith for The Cure. Uh, another band, Kevin and Lance and I, we actually covered a Cure song. We covered, uh, what was it? Baby Screams. Little Baby right? Screams, yeah. Yeah, and right. Robert Smith likes to do these notes where he hits this low note, and then he goes really high up and goes past the falsetto and goes into the atmosphere. So let's play that part right now. So you can kind of hear that, you know, and I love The Cure. I love Robert Smith. I think their stuff is amazing. That was for him. And then the second homage, which I'd already talked about earlier in this episode, it's at two minutes and 23 seconds. And that's my, hey, hey, my homage to the greatest singer of all time, Mr. Freddie Mercury. And here's that. So silky, so smooth. It's, Fresh it, it's so all I can do. And it's nothing compared to him. But hopefully in every song, I have something that's just a little Freddie. I have a little, two little pop figures in my studio of 70s Freddy and 80s Freddy. And they look at me and they, they give me power and inspiration at all times. Um, so uh, let me ask you about that part. I understand there might have been somebody watching you sing that part. Oh, that... Is there a story Well, th- there that? is a story there. It, it wasn't that part. It was actually a different part of the song. So in Denmark Calling, there's a very, very long note. Uh, I think I tracked it at 10 seconds, which for some people is not impressive, but it's, you know, it, it, it's a loud note. It's a long time. It, it's uh, a long yeah, time. I was going to bring that up. And, and it, it's, a, it's a loud note. Uh, the record, if you don't know, I think it's just over 30 seconds. And do you know who did that? Live? The longest note live, if YouTube didn't lie to me. Wow, 30 seconds. 30, Jeez, without 32 dying. 32 seconds, I believe. It was the lead singer of Aha, uh-huh, Morton Harkett. Yeah, look <laughs> no it up. Kidding. Look it up, listeners, on uh, YouTube. I think you just look it up. 
singer longest note and he rocks this note and it is insane and it's like That's falsetto amazing. and perfect and there's this perfect vibrato to it the same note it's the same note it's the same note yeah it's, wow. it's one note in a song and he nails it so i'm nowhere near that but it takes so much energy to pull that off that, i don't know how you don't pass out well I mean, you have to have i can hold my breath underwater for over two minutes in a hot tub but i'm not doing anything oh we're gonna definitely prove that tonight to do I, that, I don't have a hot tub, but I will gladly <laughs> hold your head under the water in my pool for two minutes. I do it all the time. Because <laughs> either way, I'm I win. Serious. Either you win and I'm impressed, or you lose and, well, we get a laugh out of it. Well, it needs to be a hot tub. <laughs> oh, I don't have a hot tub. Sorry. We'll get into that later. All right. So, so the 10 second note. And I think I told the story to you, didn't I, Lance? You did. And do you want me to share it? I mean, from my perspective? Uh, yeah, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes that's funnier. I, because I wasn't there, obviously. You told me the story, so I had to create my own visuals. So the way I foresee it, you're sitting in your garage, you know, back to the house facing the garage door, I believe is how you have your mic set up. And uh, you're, you're recording and you're hitting this part. And as soon as you kind of faded out of your 10-second, you know, miracle note, there was this little sound behind you and it was, you know, kind of one of my favorite movies, housekeeping. So you had one of your housekeepers, I think said something to you like, um, Mr. Eric. And they basically were witnessing you the whole time singing this in the garage behind you. You had no idea. And, um, I don't know if you were embarrassed or if you laughed out loud, but in my visual from the side, I'm like eating popcorn, enjoying the cinema classic, classic moment. It was, uh, yeah, there was, I don't know. I, I wasn't really embarrassed. I, I think I felt bad for her because, I mean, you, you open a door and then here's a guy screaming for 10 seconds into a mic and there's no backing music. I've got headphones on. So I'm just wailing out this note in my garage. And then I turned around and it was just like, oh, hi. Uh, Do you I know, have a recording it, of, of her on? No, there, there's no recording of anyone else on there. Maybe on a, okay. I, I don't know. I'll have to listen to the stem. Maybe it goes on. <laughs> But you know, hope, barely there. hopefully they, they enjoyed the song. It, it, was a, it was a funny moment. And that's the final one, too. The one that, that I don't know how long they were there. Maybe the whole 10 seconds. I'm sure it, it was different. It's probably well, a story to, respected to tell it, people. To not interrupt. No, she, she did not interrupt. She was totally respectful. And, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't... See, we don't have the option of recording in a studio anymore during the during the covid lockdown so the garage True. is the best we get and when you're in a garage life goes on you know you heard i think it was the yesterday's episode where i couldn't get the damn parrots out of the tree outside <laughs> so that's all you hear in the background and there could be kids running around and my kids could you know steal the pickles out of the refrigerator or whatever's going on but you know it, Man. it makes it more exciting that's right. In uh, in the drum dungeon where I record, my furnace is like three inches away from my drum. So if I forget to turn the whole thing off, I'm in the middle of a track and the AC or something kicks on. Then I have to stop and redo the whole stupid thing. So you're right. When you can't work in a recorded or in a silent space or recording studio, you never yeah, know. These what you're are uh, terrible first world problems. Uh, we. We acknowledge our, our privilege to be able to do what we do and enjoy it. And we are not actually complaining about these things. These are ridiculous, but you know, fun stories for you guys. 
Yeah, before we move on from vocals, what I about I don't think the... we've even really started on vocals, what but about... go ahead. If you really want to cut me off I that early, we Tommy. Were. We've been talking about vocals. <laughs> okay, so if you have more vocals, why don't you tell us about that? <laughs> What'd you say? What was that? Uh, one, one of us has an uncredited we're vocal We're getting part to that, man. Song. See, if you made notes, you would Are know we this. Are getting to that? I'm, no, I'm you're, reading the notes. You're reading Dr. Seuss. That's what you're reading. That. Come on, Tommy. Holy cow. Okay, so as you listen, you know, to to the other vocals on this, like I said, they're very easy, but there's some interesting little things. We have the homages, we have the long note, uh, we have a lot of syncopation. There's a lot of uh, syncopation and alliteration in there, all those fun English terms, Uh, especially that, you know, third verse, uh, skip from walk to jump to fast track, car crash, kick your ass, last splash, mad dash, that stuff. You know, it kind of flows well, and of course, you know, the, the ass may have been a clue, but this is our first song that got the E for explicit lyrics. Uh, I think <laughs> the right. first only in, song, right? It's maybe the first in my entire career where we got the explicit lyrics, which I don't know. I, <laughs> I thought it was cool. I, I did. It was just, just yeah. kind of neat. Uh, so well, 20 years, 25 album. years of making music, I finally get my explicit lyrics, but it was necessary. And Part of that was the kick your ass. You know, ass isn't that bad. We're staying on the podcast. It's okay. No, but there's another word. Well, there is, but, but since Tommy brought it up, we have a gang vocal on the kick your ass. And it's me, and it's Tommy, and also Bobby Phillips, who you guys have heard about, our sorcerer wizard who mixes and masters our song. It's supposed to be Lance and Kevin, but they were lazy. They did not well, turn in the no, tracks. I was... I was putting kids to bed and I just couldn't get it in because then I was going to wake them up if I started cursing in the middle of the night. Worth it. <laughs> it, it would not be the first time, Lance, that you've cursed in the middle of the night. It's probably I, true. What was Kevin's excuse? Yeah, what's your excuse, I, Kevin? <laughs> I hate the sound of my voice. So to have that uh, immortalized would be, um, would be a great fear of mine. Well, Kevin, it's, <laughs> it's funny that you say that because I, I have know, immortalized I uh, quite a few tracks of Tommy. Saying kick your ass. And I don't know, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> Let's play a few. I think right I now. did nine I think I did nine <laughs> takes. Kick your ass. 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 So there you go. Those were the uh the plethora of kick your asses I got from Tommy. Uh, they run the gamut of emotions, really. There's a distinct journey <laughs> from uh, a gangster, Tommy, to questioning, Tommy, to I'm not sure that I'm angry, but I think you put pickles on the sandwich even though I didn't want them, Tommy. He likes the sweet ones. No one likes sweet pickles. We've had this conversation before. Except, Except no Tommy. And... So we didn't use, which I don't remember which one we used. Because you're, you're on there, but you're buried. Number six. Kick your ass. For good reason. No, I know. But, but you're there. No, but it was number six. Kick your ass. You yeah, know? Well, I'm there. That's so right. I, I think, so he did, he did one, the, the gangster one. And I texted him back and I said, you know, just do five or six and sound different. Because I, I didn't know what we were getting. My favorite is the question where you're like, kick your ass. You know, like, Tommy, Tommy, you're mad. That's why you're saying these things. Yeah, well, Lance was saying that he didn't do it because he was putting his kids to bed, but I kind of feel like that would have given me the right amount of energy and attitude to say it properly. 
<laughs> that's what you envisioned know. yeah lance we know you yeah. you were already in character at that point you could you could have sold it yeah so you could have just put him in <laughs> that's true just put him in bed and say it they probably would have been scared and gone right yeah, to sleep. my two daughters man they push the buttons two birds one stone so and then Good there's point. uh that's right what well, there's there's the first word that we say the naughty word and use your earmuffs listeners because we don't bleep on this it's it's uncensored but the word is bullshit and you know what it's i don't normally use expletives in my lyrics uh you know my lyrics i go to you know different places i i try to use the the depths of my vocabulary you know limited as it is to to paint that picture to give you those meanings to create those symbols and I was writing about something very specific, you know, when you read the lyrics. And I remember I went to my wife, who's, you know, not only my muse, but also my conscience sometimes. And I said, can I use this word here? Because I, I didn't want to use it unless it was necessary. And she's very smart. And she said, is there any other word you can use that conveys the emotion that you're trying to convey? And honestly, all I could say was no. And she said, well, there's your answer. Did you explain to her why you needed to be so uh, oh, well, strong language? Well, she, I mean, she, she understands my lyrics. She understands them, uh, probably even more than I do. So, you know, if you've listened to this song, you probably already have an idea what it's about. And... Honestly, it's, it's not my place to tell you who or what this song may be about. I, I will say, yeah, it's political in nature. And it comes from, you know, my background, which is as an apolitical person. So for the listeners out there, you know, when we're recording this, we are, it's the 1st of November. I don't know when you're hearing it sometime in the future, but we are two days away from a presidential election in this country. And me being an apolitical person uh, means I'm not a Republican, and I'm not a Democrat, and I refuse to give any allegiance to uh, a political party. And I think that comes out in a lot of our lyrics. I mean, really, I have a hatred for partisan politics, so I, I just can't align myself with any of their belief systems and kind of the foundation of this song is we the people you know we need to not let the powerful do our thinking for us and especially when those decisions only serve to make sure that those who are in power stay in power you know we've got our leaders over us and they gain strength and power by polarization and what i mean by that is the leaders of the left convince the left that they're right, and the leaders of the right convince the right that they're right, and the other side is 100% wrong and the enemy. We see demonization going on all over America right now. We are an absolute mess. And they do this to take our focus off the things that actually matter. And we the people matter, not our leaders. Amen. That's what spurred the bullshit. And why I chose to use this term. And I think you can see after my little diatribe and how strongly I feel about this is we have a lot of talking heads 
And, you know, all that spews out of their mouth is basically nonsense. It's self-serving nonsense. Thoughts, gentlemen? Yeah. Yeah, no, I was going to add, like, that obviously is a powerful emotional moment in the song. And I don't know if it's the end of the chorus or whatnot, but, you know, I love the line in this song that says, so lift each other up and they'll never be able to knock us down. And you have a very cool harmony with yourself, I believe, Eric. But, but I love what, what you just said politically. You know, we all stand on different sides of the aisle, and that's fine. We're all, it's a beautiful thing of our country. We have those choices. But, you know, we the people are the strongest part of what our country and our democracy and freedoms are about. And so lifting each other up and, and just being stronger in numbers, you know, I, it's just, it's a beautiful line. And I just want to applaud you for writing it. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, it's an interesting song. It, it's a song like this isn't necessarily easy to sing because it has a tendency that if you come at it with a pre, uh, preconceived notion of you know thinking you know my beliefs or the beliefs of the band or what we stand for, and well, maybe I'm talking about your guy or maybe I'm talking about the other party's guy or some other guy, and there's danger in that, you know and. Maybe I am. Who knows? Who knows what's in my heart except for me and what I'm singing about. But overall, you know, that foundation is this nonsense that we're dealing with. I think even in West of House, you know, I'm apolitical. Uh, Some guys are on the right. Some guys are on the left. And it doesn't matter because what we have is we still have our strength in numbers, that we are united as one body. You know, we have the same core morality and ethical system. You know, which basically sums up our credo, don't be a dick. <laughs> That's it. That is the secret to life. Agreed. Don't be a dick. I don't care if you have an R or a D or an <laughs> I or anything after your name in parentheses. Just treat people the way you want to be treated. Someone famous said that. That, oh yeah, the Jesus guy. Maybe he knew what he was talking about. <laughs> but uh, to paraphrase, I, you know, from Matthew, don't be a dick. That's, I mean, is there anything else that matters? Somewhere in chapter 23, I think, in Matthew. Chapter 23. That about sums it up. You know, and I mean, really, we'll get more into deconstruction, especially on the religious side, because we talked about that earlier. That's foundational to my lyrics, too. Deconstruction uh, from growing up, raised with a certain religious belief. And there's some really interesting stuff there with echoes down the road. But at the crux of it all, I mean... Uh, what Jesus teaches in the Bible, those things remain true and amazing and applicable to anyone, no matter what you believe. Don't be a dick. And if people just subscribe to that, this would be a completely different world. I have never understood why we go out of our way to create people or things we hate, uh, whether it be people groups or belief systems. There is so much energy that is thrown into hate that it has to take years off your life, I imagine. It definitely can consume a lot of your energy and take a lot of your time. Yeah. Or other people's lives, that's for sure. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. I, I've spent two decades hating Tommy, just <laughs> despising everything he stands for. And he doesn't even stand because he plays drums. He sits the whole damn time. That's right. It's because 
It's because my feet and hands can do different things, and that bugs shut you. Shut up, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> Every episode has shut up, Tommy. <laughs> but that's what we should call the uh, podcast. <laughs> shut up. That's a subtitle. Shut up, Tommy. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, you know, it's. I take a long time to say some of these things, but if I say it in a song, then some part of me thinks that it's something that needs to be said. And this will come out as we talk about more songs, as we go into season two, where we're going to diverge. We'll give you a little sneak preview of this in a few more episodes. Uh, Diversion to other topics, things that are worth discussing, things that are worth talking about, understanding, finding out who the man is behind the curtain, and sometimes punching him in the nose. You know, that's the power that we have as, as citizens of this world. And what makes art so much fun. Really? I mean, there is a place for nonsensical music and art and things that have no meaning and are frivolous. Uh, Those have a place. And that's just not us. Not at this point. I mean, we're certainly capable of it. And in our text messages and the way we hang out, it's almost complete nonsense. Maybe that's because we get all this serious stuff out in our music. You know, but it's... The beauty of art, and Lance raises a great point, also its power, the power of music to literally change the world, to change states of mind, to change your emotional mindset. What compares? I can't think of anything. Well, there's a few things maybe, but not consistently. I think you're right. Music music is universal and it, it brings meaning to you. Uh, you know, people's lives that in other ways or other sections of their lives, they could find no meaning. That's good. That's deep. I appreciate you, Kevin. That is deep, deep waters. You've said far more of worth than Tommy has today. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. All I did Double hand out. rolls. Still trying to figure that out. Double stroke rolls. Sorry, even worse. Uh, to wrap it up, we have been rendered impotent in this country by our own biases. And it's created the inability of us to actually stand together and have strength in numbers. So that is Denmark Calling in a very long nutshell. And what we'd like to do now is play the song for you. So here we go.
Okay, so there you go, dilly willies and all, you know, political righteous anger, explicit lyrics. It's a whole cornucopia of West of Houseisms that you got. Funny story, now, Eric. So I, before you move on to your hilarious story, I do I have a funny to bring story. You, do you have, I have a to bring you back okay. to something we started this episode with? All right, let's do this. Where the where the hell did Denmark come from? I still have no idea. Strength in numbers makes what the hell. Obvious sense. What the hell does the title mean? <laughs> uh, borders were created by people groups back in history. That's where Denmark no, came from. The actual name Denmark. Oh, you mean, mean the, strength and numbers. Oh, you mean the yes. song? Where did the the title? All right. Well, strength in numbers. It, it's kind of obvious. Yeah, it's kind of obvious. 
So Denmark calling. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> so that's... I hate you. That, Westies, that's what you have been waiting for. Uh, I will not tell you. If you go to our website, leave us a message. Throw down a post. What you think the title Denmark calling refers to. It does refer to something. And that's all I'm going to say. I, I don't want to give that one away because I want someone out there to do the legwork. Just one person to figure that out and say, hey, does it mean this? Because that will bring joy to my cold, dark soul. And when you say go to our website, you mean Facebook page. You go to Facebook. You could send us a tweet. You could comment on an Instagram, and we'll go over all those things in a second. You send us an email. I don't care. Or you can go to our website at westofhouseband.com. We do have a website. I think it leads to our Facebook or something like that. Because it's still being built, but that's okay. Well, it's being built as of this recording, but by the time you hear this, Tommy will have completed it, and we can stop bugging him. But that's what we'll do. I'm, I'm sorry to, to do the bait and switch to trick you. No, you're not. If you thought you were going to learn. If you haven't figured it out, by the time we start season two, I'll tell you. But I sorry, can't Lance. Wait. I can't you, wait. You, you're just going to have to wait. You're actually not sorry which leads we've been me, asking for this for Which months. leads me to uh, my funny story. So I didn't tell the story before we played the song because I didn't want to put the, the uh, worm in anyone's ear. But my bride, when she heard Denmark calling, her first thought when it starts out is, that's from a TV show. And she swears that I stole the riff from Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> and that is the riff to Denmark calling. I'm so listening to that tonight. So, <laughs> so uh, we can't play that because there are copyright issues, obviously. And frankly, I, I want nothing to do with it if it's true. I, I did not. I don't think I did this. Do you? I didn't think of it before, but you know, I have a lot of good maybe, memories of 90210. Maybe I've ruined the song for everyone. It's you know now you'll just picture me like in the peach pit. <laughs> you know, it's funny. You know, it's funny or, you bring that up, Eric, because. In the verses, especially the first verse, the guitar part, the ba na ba that reminds me of the theme to People's Court. You remember Judd's Wapner? And the people are walking into <laughs> oh, that God. sound, and that's what's in my head when I hear that. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, so now we've gone from a 90s TV show to an 80s TV show. The same riff. No, People's Court, it's spread over a couple decades there, Eric. So Pe- People's Court... And Beverly Hills 90210, that's, that's wonderful. That, that brings great joy to my creative senses. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you're going to go drown yourself now. <laughs> so, but there you go. And that's why I did not mention that before you heard the song. But we're glad you listened to it. Uh, this has been a fun, in, fun episode, guys. Yeah, welcome, you know, thanks Kevin. Thanks for joining. Kevin, it's good to have you. I mean, I've, you can always talk more. You're allowed to. He's not yeah. capable of it. Yeah, he's he's just shaking his head on Skype. This is not an actual Good. video podcast. Yeah, they can't see you, Kevin. They, they can't see you. So our next episode, uh, we're going slow. We're going beautiful. We're going to be talking about chasing after memories, uh, sexy music, and it's going to be that's going to be a fun episode too. Kevin, will you join us for that episode? Will you be around? Maybe. Wow. <laughs> what a tease. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be people there. are gonna have to uh, come yeah. back and find out. Yeah, you're, you're just gonna have to find out. <laughs> but in the meantime, 
come find us on social media. We are all over the place. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you stream your digital music and enjoy. Uh, you can find us on Bandcamp at westofhouse.bandcamp.com. If you'd like to support us, you can buy a digital copy of Crescendo of Silence, or you can send us a message and buy a CD. There are a few of those left. We did a limited run, and we'd love you to put one on your shelf, play it in your car nonstop. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under West of House Band. And you can find us on YouTube. Just look us up. We're not to 100 subscribers yet, but we'd sure love to be. So we can be youtube.com slash West of House. That would be nice. But right now, it's just a bunch of letters and numbers that lead on into oblivion. <laughs> but today has been a pleasure, gentlemen. This has been a Definitely. lot of fun. I'm glad, I'm glad Denmark Calling did not break up the band. That we still have life left in us. Agreed. We stood and up together and are stronger for it. Strength in numbers. Strength in Dilly Willies. <laughs> yep. So, all right. We will see you guys next time. Have a good one. Have a good night. Bye. Okay, let me uh, take a quick edit break. For the love of God, Kevin, take the fluffy snakes <laughs> off your background. It's throwing off my mindset. I think they're eels and puppies. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm trying to say something a little serious. There's these snakes why in, with fur. Why in God's green earth do you even have that oh, accessible? Okay, what was I saying? I, I, your wife knows yeah, this is le- This is leading somewhere good. I don't want to lose my train of thought.